0: How do the bata drums talk
1: in Nigeria? And how did that tradition transform in Cuba? Hello, I'm Kakaaka. I thought you were Georges Collinet.
0: Well, yeah, I'm Georges Collinet, but Koko is my drum name that my grandfather gave me in my home village in Cameroon. Well, I'm Bungi. I thought you were Ned Sublet.
1: Well, I am Ned Sublet. Today, another hip edition of Afropop Worldwide. Ancient text messages. Bata
0: drums in a changing world. Drums as language in Nigeria and Cuba. And yes, we borrowed the name of our show from a book by our guest today, Dr.
1: Amanda Vilpastur, author of Ancient Text Messages of the Yoruba Bata Drum, and editor of the new anthology, The Yoruba God of Drumming. And we'll also be
0: talking to Nigerian language technologist, Dr. Tunde Adegbola.
1: And to ethnomusicologist and drummer Dr. Kenneth Schweitzer, author of the artistry of Afro-Cuban Bata Drumming. And we'll talk to the very great Nigerian artist, Lak Baja. But first, let's hear an excerpt from the stunning album by the
0: great Cuban pianist and composer, Gonzalo Rubalcaba, called Sweet Caminos,
1: that features Cuban bata drums. This is the final section of the cut called Destino Sin Fin, based on a traditional song in honor of the deity Yemaya. <laughs>
2: Como los yo la de. Como los de homotitio, el yo la de. yo la de. Como de la de. Como de yo yo de yo la de. de.
3: yo la de. de
2: chigini maye lewo janja tolokun era wibo ni o omorome oluba chigini oluba oluba chigini oluba oluba tolokun o omorome yo te maye oluba Lopu, cu. eran cuiponi yan yao, como lo mío de Orupa oluba Orupa chiquini, Orupa, Orupa tolo, cu. eran cuiponi yan yao, como lo mío de Maya Orupa may ele, yan yao loco, Orupa chiquini, Mayele, oyan ya tolo, yan ya tolo, eran cuiponi yan O Lubatini, O Lubatini, O Lubat, O Lubatolo, Elawibo, O lupa,
0: Sweet Caminos by Gonzalo Rubalcaba.
1: Featuring Filbert Armenteros on lead vocals. I'm Josh Collinet. And I'm Ned Sublet With another hip-deep episode. Ancient text messages,
0: bata drums in a changing world. On Afropop Worldwide. Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. And now, it's time to meet Dr. Amanda
1: Vilpastor. Researcher and lecturer at Cardiff University in Wales, an ethnomusicologist with an extraordinary trajectory. She's been to a dozen or so countries in sub-Saharan Africa and to Nigeria and Cuba many times. She speaks Yoruba.
0: Originally from Perth, Australia. At the age of 14, she played piano in a Chicago-style blues band, and she studied composition, had a band called the Eurogliders, came to London in 1987, and immediately started working in pop music.
1: With the Thompson twins, and subsequently Boy George. But she didn't stay in pop music. She became an ethnomusicologist and traveled to Africa, where at first she experienced culture shock.
4: My first trip to Nigeria was in 1999 and I was as well prepared as anyone could be for that trip. I'd studied the language at a master's level, I was well read, I'd made good connections, but I will never forget that first two, three days. I found Lagos very shocking and the road culture is terrifying. Road accidents just through the roof. I saw dead bodies on the side of the highway, I'd never seen anything like this. And then I got to Oyo, and my host family, who are still very close friends of mine, they were really loving and welcoming. But still, there's ways of being and modes of behaviour which take time to understand. Ebi. Owo.
1: Oh. Since you've been in so many African countries, could you give us a quick basic overview of the phenomenon of drum speech in Africa generally?
4: Drum speech is Uh part of a much larger thing called speech surrogacy, where musical instruments mimic or encode speech. All over Africa, that's done with drums, flutes, xylophones, and sometimes contemporary instruments like piano, bass, guitar. So you find a lot of drum language and speech surrogates in West Africa around Ghana, Benin, Nigeria, of course. But right through Central Africa, you get slit drums. Then you get to East Africa. A place like Uganda, there's speech surrogates everywhere. There's so many different languages. They're using speech surrogates on harps, lutes, xylophones, drums. It's really limitless, actually. My focus has been Yoruba music in Nigeria and in Cuba. Yoruba is a language group in southwest Nigeria, probably 25 million, 30 million people speak this language and about 21 dialects. And, of course, in Cuba, there are vestiges and continuations of the cultures in this region through and after the slave trade. Bata drumming is my thing.
1: What are bata? Bata are a set of three two-headed drums of different sizes. They play complex interlocking rhythms, communicate with the deities, and talk in drum language.
4: Bata is onomatopoeic. The name of the drum is an imitation of how the drum sounds, bata, low, high. We know that the bata is at least 500 years old, and this is from collating oral history, written history of early travellers, including North African travellers who were writing in Arabic, and also piecing together the different bits of history that you find in the oral literature of the bata drum. it's a sacred drum, worships the Orisha, the Yoruba deities. Orisha is a word for spirit or deity or God. Probably the most important Orisha for the Bata is Shango, a 14th or 15th century king who's now been deified and is called Chango in Cuba. They have their coded colours, they have the things the devotees carry to indicate the Orisha. So, Oshun, the goddess of the river, would carry a fan. Chango carries an axe. Ogun, who's the god of Ain, would carry a cutlass. And of course, there's the god of drumming, Ayong, known as Anya in Cuba. Perhaps the most ubiquitous Orisha of them all, because anywhere there's Orisha worship, there's drums. But Ayon is heard, Ayon is not seen like the other Orisha, not colours, not other objects, not attire in the same way. So Ayon is unique, Ayon is probably the most noisy of all of the Orisha. Bata is almost like a deity itself. The bata drum is a musical instrument, but it's also a sacred vessel. They seal the god of drumming called Ayon inside of this sacred vessel. Ayon, Shango, and bata are very close to each other.
1: But for several reasons, including changing demographics, a decline in Orisha worship, and the proliferation of cell phones, Bata is an endangered tradition in present-day Nigeria, where the dominant drum is the dundun. The dundun
0: is often referred to as talking drum. It's held horizontally under one shoulder and has cords around it that the drummer squeezes with his arm or hand to slide the pitch up and down. It directly imitates the pitch contours of Yoruba speech in a way that every
1: Yoruba speaker can understand. But the bata is different. Its sounds don't slide. They're fixed pitches.
0: Like many other African languages, or for that matter, Chinese, Yoruba is what's called a tone language.
1: The word tone in this case really means pitch. European languages don't work this way, but in Yoruba, the relative pitch of a syllable, low, mid, or high, changes the meaning of a word.
0: Now let's meet the Ibadan-based language technologist Dr. Tunde Adegbola, a key collaborator with Dr. Vilpa Dr. Tunde, as they call him, developed a speech recognition engine for
5: Yoruba that understands the language by focusing on the tones. When I was studying for my PhD, I was working on the automatic speech recognition of Yoruba. I thought I should look solely at the tones of Yoruba, forgetting about the consonants and the vowels, because that's what happens in drum language. Ola di drum language is the sounding of the melody that is inherent in Yoruba speech because Yoruba is a tone language there's inherent melody in the language and that's why it's not possible to translate an English hymn into Yoruba and sing it to the same tune you might be saying the wrong thing because the consonants and the vowels of Yoruba speech are not the only meaning bearing units of speech. The consonants, the vowels, and the tones combine to determine the meaning. For example, in Yoruba, if I say, it means I'm not going. If I say, I am going. So every Yoruba child. Grows up understanding the drum language. In fact, children play tone riddles on each other. As they grow up, they speak humming, and the friend is supposed to be able to decipher what they
6: say.
1: Unlike the dum dum the bata don't simply imitate the tones of Yoruba speech. Instead, as Dr. Vilpastor has demonstrated, there's a spoken language of drum syllables called Enabata, into which the drummers encode their speech. Only a few people can understand it, but those who do understand can speak it. That's right, they can communicate by speaking in a drum language.
4: There's this amazing difference in batar drummers from other Yoruba drummers. They have a coded language that they speak. It's called enna.
0: The latiga
4: It's very complicated to get natural Yoruba into drummed speech. So there's this interphase language which breaks Yoruba down into binary form, like a machine language.
1: There are seven vowels in Yoruba, but the drum language of Enabata divides them into two categories, putting them into a binary form.
4: The first time I heard it, I was amazed. It sounds really weird. It sort of sounds like Yoruba, but it isn't, and I couldn't understand it and they'll sit around and communicate with this language. And other Yoruba drummers can't understand it.
5: Dr. Tunde. The ENO works by coding not only the tones, but also coding some of the consonants and vowels, particularly the consonants. And this way, the Bata drummer is able to give some information about the consonants in the speech rather than just the tone. So in a way, you will say the Bata is a much more eloquent speaker. But the Bata's eloquence is shrouded in scholarship. You could think of it as encrypted speech. Earlier on in the Yoruba life, during the Yoruba wars, the Bata played a very, very important role in communication of war strategies. Because it is assumed that everybody does not understand it. So, it's a kind of an encryption system with which information was transferred over distances using a public channel because not every member of the public has access to that information. But the
1: Orisha understand it. <laughs> An ensemble under the direction of Chief Adabolo Fatumise saluting Shango. The Orisha religion is a danced religion, so not only Bata drummers understand the Ena speech, but also Nigerian Bata dancers understand it.
4: Drummers can communicate what to play with this binary language, but also the dancers know it. So there's lineages of masqueraders called Oje. So a lot of the women in the masquerade lineage marry the Aeon drummers, but they speak this language as well.
1: I asked Dr. Villepastour what kind of messages are sent by the Bata
4: and to whom. First, she said... Sacred texts in religious context, and by religious I'm not talking about Islam or Christianity. I'm talking specifically about Arisha worship.
1: Second, proverbs, which are very important in Africa.
4: Yoruba people use proverbs a lot, so these are everyday sayings that are quite well known, so it helps give the context for what the drum is saying. And it's quite socially coded. So if someone walks in the room, a proverb will give context for that person.
1: Third, Bata communicate personal poetry known as oriki, which is a very important aspect of Yoruba identity. I asked Dr. Tunde about oriki. Every Yoruba child
5: has an oriki based on the circumstances of his birth the circumstances of his forebears and the character that the child manifests. So when a child is born, the child automatically inherits the oriki, the praise names of his forebears and his environment or her environment observes his behavior and then they describe his behavior. And that becomes his own personal oriki and it becomes added to the oriki of his forebears and he transfers that oriki to his children so you find that in most aspects of Yoruba life you have oriki all the orisha have their oriki even phenomena in Yoruba have oriki and most people who use the drum to speak usually start by using the oriki of the person they want to talk to to attract their attention. How does that
1: work, Dr. Tunde?
5: I, for example, I am Olatunde, the son of Adebola. So if I go out to a party and the drummer spots me and the drummer goes, dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, that means Olatunde Omo Adebola. So when I hear that, I know he's talking about me. Now, if the drummer knows my oriki, he may then go on to say my oriki. My personal oriki, for example, is a short backboard. So if I hear, I know that that's me. So having attracted my attention, by using my oriki, the drummer can then start talking to me. And usually it's his eulogy to attract uh, patronage
1: from me. But now, he wouldn't know your oriki unless he knew you personally, right? There would be no way he could know. These drummers are really, really clever. If the drummer
5: spots you and he doesn't know your personal oriki, he will ask the people around, who is his father? They say, oh, so so is his father. I say, "Hmm." Who is that one's father? By the time he goes two, three generations, he will most likely spot your oriki. And if he fails? hmm? He'll say, what town, what village is he from? And he will start with the oriki of that village. And if you know yourself, if you really are in touch with your identity as a Yoruba, you will
1: resonate. Are the Oriki of famous people widely known? Oh, yes.
5: Everybody in the community knows the Oriki of the Oba, that's the leader of the community, the king in the community. So when you hear the drums playing the Oriki of the Oba, you know that something important is happening. Probably the Oba is holding court in the village square or in his palace. The uriki of prominent families are known by and large for the Yoruba person that grew up within his uh, traditional community. The uriki is very very much part of them. It's
1: just like an extended name. And there's something else that Bata can do with language.
4: Profanities. I've collected amazing profanities and I believe there's one day of the year in Ibadan where all of the drummers get together and there's one or two days of obscene drum texts, and everyone rolls around laughing. You know, I've collected a lot of these profanities. They're hilarious. Part of the reason that speech is encoded is because musical instruments can say the unsayable. They can utter things that shouldn't be uttered humanly. And they can also communicate over long distances because they're loud. But it's also believed that musical instruments and drums can communicate directly with the divine.
0: Neither radical evangelical Christianity nor radical Islam tolerate Orisha worship, and both are growing forces in present-day Nigeria.
1: I asked Dr. Tunde, how extensive is the Orisha worship community in Nigeria now?
5: Not as it used to be, in the sense that you now have Yoruba Christians, you have Yoruba Muslims, and to find a Yoruba today who is solely involved in Orisha worship is a rarity. Most Bata drummers today are more likely to be Muslims than be solely Orisha devotees. But this must be understood within the religious system of the Yoruba in which it is perfectly normal to have devotion to more than one Orisha. So that makes it very easy for the Yoruba Muslim to be the ritual drummer of Shango. The religious upbringing of a Yoruba does not present any contradiction in that situation.
0: More to come, don't go away. I'm Georges Collinet and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. And we're back. Here at Afropop Worldwide, we're big fans of Lagbaja, a fascinating Nigerian musician and performance artist who always appears masked in public. He has a vast wardrobe of masks and costumes that evoke traditional Nigerian festival masquerade. And though he plays saxophone and his music is contemporary, Lagbaja was the first popular musician to include the entire
1: Bata ensemble in his lineup in the early 1990s. His name is spelled L-A-G-B-A-J-A. Do yourself a favor and pull up some of his utterly psychedelic video clips on YouTube. He's known for being politically outspoken. That's part of what the mask is about. I caught up with Lagbaja by cell phone while he was in Philadelphia recently. He told me that he started incorporating the bata drums into his lineup through their capacity for speech, but their most basic function is to lock down the rhythm and the beat of his band.
7: The politics itself came from the essence of La being a man in the mask, taking the concept of the masquerade, which in the Yoruba culture, and indeed in many other African cultures, is viewed as a being from the spirit world who is empowered to speak truth to power. So the whole idea of the mask and came from that symbolism of the masquerade being in a position to speak authoritatively as being from the spirit world about social, political issues. That's the essential Labaja. <laughs> Being a traditionally driven music, the drums became the center core. So whatever we do, the groove and the beats are anchored by those traditional Yoruba drums.
1: Ladbaja is not, however, of the hereditary lineage of the traditional drummer. So he had to learn enabata the drummer's strongly encrypted language, which is a major feat of scholarship all by itself.
7: But I'm not half as good as the musicians that grew up playing it and who play for me. I just learned so I can have an understanding of that idiom. First of all, I learned the dondo. The dondo is the biggest hourglass drum, often called the talking drum. But essentially, in Yoruba music, all drums talk. They mimic speech, say proverbs and stuff like that. So there is the talk and then there is the rhythm. There are two distinct things, even though they sometimes flow one into the other. So after learning the dundu, I started to learn the bata, which was a little bit more difficult for me. Uh, I don't know why, but I found it easier to learn the dundu because it has a wider range of tones and also mimics speech better because of its ability to bend notes up mm. or down. Mm. You know, the batter is not as flexible as that. The tones are more straight-laced. I
6: like bad-jah, I bodele babare. Ni biwok beti lulululululu meje. And yo nsou, I bodele babare. I like bad-jah, am going baba <in Spanish> muka muka. i am going baba <in> Joseph, <Spanish> o lof dog i am going <speaking> baba Jemi silak beba. I'm dog back, baby, join together. And <Spanish> yo le, I'ma yao pomo. I'ma, Mama, I mama ran it all. mama be mama red. Don't get da le. I go do sis all tu due. Guffa I still get caught. I baba red
1: From Nigeria, that's Lagbaja, from his 2009 album Paradise with Lulu Fonwon on Afropop Worldwide Hip Deep. Today, Ancient Text Messages Bata Drums in a Changing World. Now, Ned, the title of our show today is also the title of Amanda Villepastour's book Ancient Text Messages. What's that about? The traditional role of drummers to send messages over a distance has been made largely unnecessary by cell phones, which have revolutionized communications in Africa, and which are most frequently used to send text messages because phone time is so expensive. So with text messaging cutting into their market, drummers are finding themselves playing more and more dance music. Amanda Villepastor.
4: According to my teachers, there's a few reasons for this. One of them is that the young drummers coming up really don't know a lot of language because the traditional forms of pedagogy transmission are breaking down. And so they can play a little bit of drum text, but they don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of the last generation. And so a lot of bata music is for people to dance. It's at secular parties, like weddings, funerals, naming ceremonies and not so much for Risha ceremonies because that's really on the decline it is an endangered tradition <laughs>
1: But meanwhile, the Cuban descendants of the Nigerian Bata drums are stronger than ever, and they're not used to send messages at all, except to the gods. More to come, don't go away.
0: Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And PRI, Public Radio International Affiliate Stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station.
8: The tradition has evolved in two different locales. It's originally from Nigeria and it came to Cuba during the transatlantic slave trade. And for about 200 years, they've evolved in isolation of each other responding to what pressures they have around them. And so they're very different traditions today, though they share the same root.
0: That's Dr. Kenneth Schweitzer, who is a batalero or
1: bata drummer in the Cuban tradition. Dr. Schweitzer learned bata from one of the most renowned drum teachers in Cuba, the late Francisco Hernandez Mora, better known as Pancho Quinto. Pancho Quinto taught well-known New York drummers like Puntilla, Roman Diaz, and Pedro Martinez. That's right. Dr. Schweitzer brought a set of bata into the studio for us and told us a little bit about how this knowledge, which originally came to Cuba from Yoruba land, continues to be transmitted two centuries later.
8: I had the pleasure of taking lessons with Pancho Quinto and I took dozens or more with him. But most musicians in the tradition don't take lessons. They listen, they absorb, and then they find themselves in a situation where they're going to drumming rituals and they're asked to play for short periods of time and they are asked to play things that they probably know well or that are easy and approachable and when they do this the ensemble works with that person to push them along and to make them better and make them understand what's going on and every time you play bata you are faced with uncertainty it's an improvisatory tradition not that you can improvise and play whatever you want It's a dynamic improvisatory context, that is, you don't know what's going to be played in any given moment until it happens. And the context is being shaped constantly by what the purpose of a ritual is, and that changes from day to day, or what a dancer seems to be doing, or who is in the room, or what a singer wants to sing, or what any individual drummer wants to play. And so, relatively inexperienced, drummers will sit down and be in a situation where they need to play and the drummers then communicate to that person what needs to be communicated. There's some verbal cues that can be given. You can teach the person who plays a small drum what rhythm to play by saying uh, the syllable's key or la or cling. Key would be the larger head of the Bata drum. La would be the smaller head. Kling would be to play them together. And a drummer might be playing the largest lead E-A drum. And while he plays his own rhythm, he might sing to the smallest drummer, the Okonkolo player. He might go La, Kila, Lakin, Kling. La, Lakin, la, Kling. La, Kila, Lakin, Kling. La, Lakin, la, Kling. While he plays his own rhythm. And in doing so, he's communicating what the other person should play. The big drum might be going. And a small drum hopefully would start playing.
1: As Amanda Vilpastor points out, there's a tremendous difference between bata in Nigeria and bata in Cuba. The Cubans speak Spanish, not Yoruba, and unlike Yoruba, Spanish isn't a tone language.
4: So when you hear the batar in Nigeria and the batar in Cuba, they sound really different on first listening. But I've found after years of studying and transcribing and really getting under the surface and looking at the musical structures and how all of these rhythms are assembled, they're very, very similar at the deep structure level. And so the way the different drums are functioning and the different skins of those drums are functioning is very, very similar. The main change in Cuba is the loss of an African language as a vernacular. The language of bata drummers in Nigeria is Yoruba. There's a sacred lexicon in Cuba called Lukumi. People claim it's a spoken language, it's not. People can learn and utter extensive text, but it's learned and memorised words and phrases and really the grammar's gone out of it, so people don't use it as a vernacular. So this really is the biggest change. A Yoruba Nigerian drummer can be creative with language. He can think up a sentence and play it on the drum. A Cuban drummer can't do that because they don't have the language at their fingertips, but they might have vestiges of Yoruba drum language that they can learn and repeat. I would say that is the primary difference between the two traditions.
1: So the Cubans aren't playing a drum language with a practical contemporary use anymore. They can't tell somebody to bring them a bottle of beer by drumming. Their Bata language is a ritualized one, a little like Latin in the Catholic Church. Nevertheless, says Dr. Tunde, that the
5: Cubans are able to continue to play the Bata, I find really interesting, because the tones that support what they are doing is not really available in the language they speak. And so what they have done is that they have studiously kept what they were taught probably from the time that the Bata came from Yoruba land in West Africa to the Americas during the uh, period of slave trade. But when I listen to typical uh, Bata performance in Cuba, I can relate to the various rhythms and the various tone sequences they are performing. I can say, ah, this is Oya, that is uh, Oshun, that is uh, Obatala. So they've managed to retain the tones, even though they don't speak a tone language.
1: Recorded live at Havana's Teatro Nacional in 1987, that's Nancy Rodriguez Duarte singing with the Conjunto de Percusión de Danza Nacional de Cuba under the direction of Regino Jiménez in a prayer to the Orisha O'Chun in honor of the deceased bata master Jesus Pérez. Although they're not talking in the same way the Nigerian drummers are, Cuban bata drummers are conversing with each other by playing, and they're calling the
8: orisha, Kenneth Schweitzer. The notion that bata are talking drums is is incredibly important in Cuba. Terms like talking, conversation, call and response are common terms that bata drummers are, are using to describe what they're doing. The first place that my mind goes to when I think about the bata as talking drums is who are they talking to? and the drums are talking to the orisha. And uh, one of the orisha is Anya, and Anya is an orisha that inhabits the drums. I have Bata in the studio today right now with me, but they don't have Anya in them. They're not consecrated. And there's a pantheon of orishas. There may be an infinite number of orishas, but in Cuba, generally a couple of dozen are recognized and worshiped on a regular basis. Each orisha has its own rhythm, has its own series of rhythms, in some cases, orisha share rhythms, so it can be a little complicated to know what rhythm is for what orisha. So drummers know all these rhythms, or what they call tokes, which is maybe more like a sequence of rhythms. And when drummers play these tokes on drums like the ones I have in the studio, which don't have anya in them, the orisha don't really hear what's going on. But when you put anya on the drums and the drums are consecrated and have an orisha that has been embedded within the drums through a variety of consecrations, they give the rhythms a voice. They allow the rhythms that the drummers play to be heard by the orisha. And when the drummers play the right rhythm for a particular orisha, the orisha listen. The drummers are calling to the Orisha, they're inviting the Orisha, they're worshipping the Orisha, they're praising the Orisha. They're ultimately asking the Orisha to come to wherever they are and make their presence available. There's a variety of ways they do that, but often they do it through possession. So this is a notion as drummers are speaking with the Orisha.
0: Meanwhile, the Cuban bata are being played by drummers worldwide. The proliferation of bata recordings that began in the 90s has revolutionized the process because drummers are now learning from records.
1: According to Dr. Schweitzer, the most influential of these recordings was a collection of 16 CDs released in Cuba in the 90s called Abilona, spelled A-B-B-I-L-O-N-A. The drummers were the Lopez brothers, also known as Los Chinitos, from a family in the working-class Havana Barrio
8: of San Miguel de Padrón. They quickly fell into the hands of lots of drummers. In Cuba, in the United States. Uh, I've also been to Mexico City several times and worked with the very large drumming and santeria community there. And to a person, they've got the entire Abilona collection. The Abilona recordings have become a go-to source for many of today's drummers. Prior to the Abilona recordings, they had other recordings at their disposal, like the Muñoquitos Itoibane Bane Shu, but Abilona was such a ambitious adventure, uh, they recorded so much, and it was a very creative venture.
1: Because, although drummers stress their connection to ancient African
8: tradition, the style of bata changes over the years. If you analyze recordings of the mid-90s and early 90s and then you analyze the Abilona recordings, you can see a tremendous change. The Abilona recording started to put the calls in entirely different places than were expected. And instead of doing a call-and-response and and a call-and-response, the yacht player would leave the standard pattern for long periods of time. You know, instead of for just one bar, maybe leave it for 13 bars or 14 bars. They would abandon the bass, they'd abandon the framework, and they'd be doing this sort of very free, interwoven, conversational improvisation that on first and second and third listenings, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I've looked at it more closely and I find that it has a very clear structure, but the structure is not something that I had heard previously or analyzed previously. And they would play these extended call and response things and then they would come out and go back to something a little more familiar. And then after playing something familiar for a while and using something a little more standard, they would again deviate from standard by dropping a note where you wouldn't expect it, exactly where it doesn't belong.
1: series of recordings. That's a salute to Oya, the fierce female warrior, guardian of the cemeteries and of strong winds. On Afropop Worldwide, hip deep, ancient text messages, bata drums in a changing world. Is popular music affecting the way this music is played?
8: Popular music is profoundly affecting the way this music is played and it's changing rapidly over the last couple of decades. I had the opportunity to record some contemporary drummers and speak with them and try to figure out what they're doing because the old drummers listen to the new drummers and some of them can't figure out what's going on inside the music. They're speaking too much, they're talking too much. Their conversations are too rapid. They're overlapping each other in ways that makes it unintelligible to certain audiences. Thank you. It seems to me that what's going on now, and maybe what has always happened, is that the bata drummers of today are bona fide ritual drummers who have devoted their life to the ritual setting, to learning bata and playing bata in ritual, but they are also commercial musicians, professional musicians. They play rumba, they play jazz, they play timba, they play all different types of styles. And it's inevitable that an artist, who works in various media and within various genres, is going to take ideas from one genre and insert them into the other. I hear elements of Cuban rumba, especially a modern rumba. I hear elements of jazz. And in speaking to various artists of the current day, they've shared with me their feelings that they're doing it intentionally now. They're very comfortable saying like, yeah, I did a thing on a timba gig last night and I wanted to apply that style of playing to what I do on bata. Daniso Soweko Aldanike. I'm going to go all the way to Sabino Pelladito. I'm going to go all the way to Sabino Pelladito. I'm going to go Fredo Carbo. I'm going to go
0: One final issue I want to bring up, Ned, gender. In Cuba, and by the way, as in my village, women are not allowed to touch
1: consecrated bata, which are usually called fundamento in Cuba. That has been the case. In the Yoruba religion of Cuba, there are strict rules as to what women can and cannot do, and women have been prohibited from playing drums with fundamento. This may have something to do with the history of sugar slavery in Cuba, in which African men overwhelmingly outnumbered African women. (laughs) Some Cuban women, however, have been playing bata without fundamento, some call them tambores artisticos, since at least the 1980s. When I was in Cuba a couple of weeks ago, I saw a little girl walk up to a set of bata and start to play on it correctly. Amanda Vilpastur.
4: Women play drums all over Africa. In certain parts of Africa, it's really, really common. For example, I went to Mozambique to get a set of timbala, this xylophones of the Chopi people, The women have started to play that now, but they have their own drumming tradition that they go off. But also in Kenya, I saw a lot of girls and women drumming, and I went to their national competition. It's like 15,000 people take part in this competition they just call festival. I was in Mombasa, and there were many, many girls and women drumming. There's women's drumming traditions, like on the Sahara Desert, Tuareg women have a tradition called tende, so during the day, the vessel is a mortar and pestle for cooking. And then when they decide to have a ceremony, they put a wet goat's skin over the mortar and they string it with rope and they string some beams onto it. And women come and sit on the beams to tension the skin. And the women play the drum and the men dance around them on camels. <laughs>
1: And now in Cuba, some women are starting to play even consecrated bata, which is quite controversial.
4: I now have a PhD student, Vicky Jassy, who's doing concentrated research on this in Cuba. And there are women playing anya now. It started in Santiago de Cuba on the east of the island. It's curious to me that there's not more talk about this because word must be out.
0: Well,
1: we're getting the word out right here on Afropop Worldwide. Women in Cuba are starting to play consecrated bata. How about a quick shot of music to take us out, Ned? A sneak preview from the forthcoming album by the Pedrito Martinez Group. Havana Dreams, recorded in Havana. This cut, Encantamiento Yoruba, features bata drums with a spoken vocal by Pedrito's mentor, the master drummer, Roman Diaz.
6: Ayuba. Ayuba. Mosi. La topa, la topa dijo el ilú, y el pueblo se estremeció. Bobo Bobabure Bobo cantó y bailó en alabanza a la voz. Comaye po, comaye polo, En We que va. El pueblo se estremeció. Orula vaticinó: ciclos comienzan, ciclos terminan. Buscando en la transformación la belleza desconocida. Y va atandá, de China, y farolá, al dofo, y Sentimiento, sentimiento de libre, de libre camino. El pueblo cantó y bailó en alabanza a la boca, Guerrero del bien, brinda batalla a las difíciles
2: admiraciones.
6: Agua para el caminante escuchó José. Orula Orula la Waifa Cantemos y bailemos Evolución en el camino Materia y espíritu Átomos Tierra y estrellas Cantemos y bailemos En alabanza la Wa Ocho, hule en la esfera. cuatro y tiempo y espacio. Y Fa cantó a olor de Echu pone la canción en nuestro leno. Ache bodú botú. ocha.
2: Ache fa. Echu
6: pone la canción en nuestro leno. Renace la sonrisa. Libre de avaricia, trayendo... Buena fortuna.
2: Opa.
6: Cantemos y bailemos.
2: Opa,
6: oso. El Cabio, sí,
1: Encantamiento Yoruba, Pedrito Martinez, together with Roman Diaz. It's been fun. Visit afropub.org for a
0: transcript of our interviews with Amanda Villepastor, Tunde Adegbola, and Kenneth Schweitzer. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Ned
1: Sublet. Join us next week for Music of the Harlem Renaissance. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Our mix engineer was Stephanie Lebeau. Additional engineering by Mike Kaplan, Ben Milburn, and Paul Ruist. Thanks to Dr. Peter Cook and Michael Buckley. Banning Air and CC Smith edit our
0: website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Atane Ofiadja.
1: And I'm Gugu He's Josh Yo, Yamon.